As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Welcome to this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I have the distinct pleasure of being with Christy Olinger and Danielle McCombs, the co-host of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast. Christy and Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Thank Thank you you for having us, Mike. So this month's theme is career management and career growth. And what we're looking at for our listeners this month are tools and resources that we can bring with us each and every day to manage and lead more effectively for our own career development and own personal development. And two of the topics that we're going to discuss today is both friendship as well as growth mindsets, two key components to elevating in your career and continuing to develop in a professional and personal ways, but also ensuring we wanted to tie in friendships because, you know, doing one without the other is very ineffective for the long term. So Christy and Danielle, I'd also, I'd love for you to introduce your podcast to our listening audience here as we get kicked off so we can encourage our audience to tune into yours as well. Sure. Hi, this is Christy and our podcast is the opposite of small talk. We're a podcast for curious people who know that there's no right answer for how to live your best life. Focus on sort of three main themes, connection and self-reflection and social justice. Growth mindset has been something that has been there from the start. It's sort of how we got connected and started this podcast back in 2019. And it really has been part of almost every conversation that we've had. And then just to tie in our friendship part, we have been friends for over 20 years. And that has going on this journey of creating this podcast together, both feeling as though we have a growth mindset has been something that's just been amazing for our friendship. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, I'm so glad to have both of you on here. I love when there's a dual co-host. It makes me envious sometimes that I'm doing this all on my own. (laughs) So let's discuss a little bit of definition of growth mindset. Let's start there, and then let's talk about why you two believe it's important. Well, I'll start again because, as Danielle will say, is she hadn't heard of growth mindset before I told her she had a growth mindset. I had read some work from Dr. Carol Dweck, and many people are familiar with the studies that she did with children. And I'll just simplify it down and come after me if I've got it wrong. But basically, one of the studies was to have children do puzzles. And when they completed the puzzles, they split the group in half. And one half of the group, they said, great job, you're so smart. And for the other half of the group, they said, great job, you must have tried really hard. And what they found is for the group that they said, you're smart, the next puzzle that they selected was always of a similar difficulty. But for the group that they said, gosh, you must have tried really hard, 
that group was more willing to take on more difficult puzzles. So growth mindset sort of at its core is the idea that your effort matters. But what Danielle and I talk about more is what that then means in your behaviors and your willingness to just be curious, take on challenges, be a lifelong learner, ask questions, make mistakes. That's more of sort of what we focus on and talk about. So and when you just referenced that, so the individuals who were in the research who were said, you did a great job, they basically stayed in a fixed mindset because they were receiving the positive affirmation that allowed them to stay there naturally. Is that the, because the fixed mindset is the opposite of growth. I think specifically referencing their smart and their intelligent, because there's a tendency to think that intelligence is something that you're born with or not, either you're smart or you're not. The effort was what was praised. That's something that people believe that they can independently control. I can control how much effort I put into something or don't put. You're more willing to tackle harder challenges if you believe that your effort makes the difference. If you think you only have a certain amount of smarts and you either have it or you don't, then it makes it a lot more scary. You know, it sort of drives fear because what if you try something and you can't do it? and you fail. And is it something that evolves throughout one's career? Is it a a mindset? I mean, do people actually get fixated and this is how I operate? Can you learn to have a growth mindset? I think it's almost a choice at some point, right? You get to decide, am I stuck in this box or do I believe I can get out of it? And if you believe you can get out of it because you want to learn new things, you want to try new things, you you're curious about the world around you and realize like, I would say the thing that I realized for myself was I don't know everything and that's okay. And once I I kind of got to that point of realizing like not knowing everything is okay. And it's actually great because it takes a lot of pressure off of you, number one, but number two, it opens you up to, you know, having different conversations, doing different kinds of work, leaning into things that you normally wouldn't do and knowing from that I can grow. So I don't think it's you have it or you don't, I think you get to choose. Are there particular areas that your own research or your experience has shown that people are more inclined to lean into with a growth mindset or where people start the most? I mean, is it, is it skills, is it efforts? Do people experience setbacks that'll basically make them focus on the future and the future state? Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know if qualified to really answer that question, but I do want to emphasize that it's not a binary thing. You aren't either fixed or growth mindset. I, it can evolve depending on what types of circumstances you're talking about. So I always joke that I have a fixed mindset about my ability to dunk a basketball. I'm 5'5". Five five. I am not very good at jumping. I think I could put a lot of effort and not ever be able to do that. So I think it can evolve and it can be different for different things. But I don't know that I'm qualified to uh, expound on it beyond that. Yeah, I would just say that I think, right, like, as you said, there's different ways or in different places where your mind is, is fixed, because there's definitely things that I feel, okay, this is just how it is. And then there's other things and I'm like, who knows what this could be? that can evolve over time when you make the decision to say, 
do I really know that? Do I really have that? Why am I so fixed on this being a, a limitation for me or something like that? I think is, is important that it's not in every, like Christy said, I don't think I have a growth mindset for every single facet of my life, but it's something I'm working on. Yeah. So we, in our search firm, Centennial, we seek out individuals, candidates for clients that at least have a natural tendency to more lean towards a growth mindset. It happens to be one of our, both of our organizations, Centennial and Talent Magnet Institute, it happens to be one of our core values because we know that individuals who have a higher inclination to be growth-minded are more open to feedback. They're more open to navigate through challenges, more open to leaning into conflict as a positive both versus running from it, dealing with challenges that come up, dealing with experiences that appear to be barriers that just take a little bit of creative thinking to navigate around. We honor that here because it's such, when you're in the consulting space and you're interacting with leaders from all over the world and you're engaging with different cultures and personalities and other humans, there's going to be some level of tension, of conflict, of of challenge that comes up. So it's actually something that we've learned how to interview for just based on how people respond to some of the, you know, what are the greatest challenges that you faced in your career? How did you overcome them? What are some personal difficulties, if you don't mind sharing, that you had to learn to navigate through? You know, it's important to see just how people naturally behave. And if they're like, nope, this is, you know, I shut down. You know, let's talk. <laughs> so I was going to ask you how you assess talent for that. And so it sounds like you're doing a behavior-based, you know, type of question to understand how they navigate challenge. How would someone answer that question poorly? Like, what would be an answer that you would hear and say, uh, yeah, I think we're going to pass on this person? Well, I think part of it is not just their responses, but also their references. Right, because references will tell ah. you a lot about how you handled difficulty. What happened when a project didn't go well? You know, what do you feel like that individual learned from an experience that may not have went the way they were expecting it to go, or wasn't done in the same time frame, or the project was even different than what you and I thought it should be? So, a lot of questions around their experiences. But how people will interview it poorly is they're very black and white. Well, when that happens, I just do this. Oh, really? Well, and then you ask again, well, when that happens, I just do. And you're thinking a creative problem solver, right? I mean, a growth mindset, having a growth mindset comes with creative problem solving and not immediately shifting to the negative and blaming others, but saying, how can I work as a team and work with you? to help accomplish things. So you see process improvements, you see people talk about their own growth, how they grew through a negative experience versus blaming and pointing fingers at the situations or at other people. And surprisingly enough, we like to think it doesn't happen, but it does happen in interviews. <laughs> so I like the tie there that you just made between like having a growth mindset and being positive. And I don't know that they definitely go together, but it seems right. Like if you have the ability to say, I messed up here, 
but that doesn't mean I can't do this better next time or I can't learn how to do something. You're spinning it in a positive direction, right? So I wonder how that necessarily like, like I like to think that I'm a positive person and I have a growth mindset, but I don't know if those necessarily always go together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my assumption is that if you feel static and you have a lens that's mostly negative, glass half empty, and you avoid challenges and people and circumstances, and you're just naturally have your guard up, I would assume statistically you're a lot less inclined to think about how to approach things differently, how to communicate with others in a more effective way, because you're just kind of stuck in concrete, right? And don't you think that if you think, if you have mindset and you think that you're not your circumstances, then when things are going bad, of course you're going to have a negative outlook because you think there's no other way. So there's got to be a correlation there for sure. Yeah, we should start some data research or if you're listening to this and you have research that you could submit to the Talent Magnet Institute or opposite of small talk, please send your hosts the data because we would love to see that. I'm assuming it's out there now. I want to go type it yeah. in, you know, figure out what we can find. As it relates to some of the greatest areas in your lives where you've seen this show up, do you have an example of that? Would one of you be willing to share an example? Yeah, I mean, I think, and this will kind of tie into our next topic as well, but I moved from New York to San Francisco in 2016 and moved across the country. I didn't know anybody here. But being a New Yorker, there's part of that that has something to do with it. And part of being, I lived there my whole life. So I felt like I was supposed to know everything about New York. Like, I didn't like to ask questions about, oh, I never heard of that neighborhood or, oh, like this goes on here. I, I didn't want to ask those questions because I felt that I was supposed to know this because that was part of who I was. This is where I was from. And so I'm supposed to know everything. And then moving across the country, knowing nothing. I didn't know where anything was. I didn't know what, I couldn't tell you what, you know, are the suburbs around us were called. I didn't know what neighborhoods were what. I didn't know where to go to go get my groceries. So all of a sudden having like walking into this world where I knew nothing and had to ask those questions was a huge mind shift for me. And it allowed me to say, I don't know everything and I don't have to pretend that I do, right? Like it, there was this freeing thing of like, I don't have to say that I know where, you know, Trader Joe's is in San Francisco because I've never been here before. And so it like lifted this weight off of me. And what I realize now, and I think what Chrissy opened my eyes to is that something about having a growth mindset, knowing like, oh, there's so much I can learn here and so much to do. And I don't have to hide that I don't know things. And it was a huge shift for me. And what a great example, because it sounds like that that might have been the greatest moment in life where you could decide to stick your feet in concrete and say, no, uh, I don't want this. Or take on what the world's about to bring you and start making new connections and learning new things. That's probably how it feels to many people when they get promoted, move to a new role, you know, move across country for a new job. You know, that's really a time where we get challenged with situations. And certainly there are personal situations that arise as well that, you know, we have the decision. We can make the decision. It's our decision of how we're going to respond to the good, the bad, the ugly, and the exciting. 
we can decide. So we would challenge all of you, our listeners, to share with us whether you feel like there's a certain pivotal time that the growth mindset really came into play. If there's questions you have or other details you'd like to share, provide, feel free to send those over to us. Danielle, we're going to move into the friendships component. So you all had shared in previous topics how important this friendship dialogue has become. And as the Talent Magnet Institute, the very first part of helping leaders succeed is in relationships. So I thought that's such, this is why we're meant to connect, right? The podcast sphere brought us together. So let's talk a little bit about some of the tips for making and maintaining friendships. Yeah. So, I mean, this goes back to, I moved across the country. I was 36 years old and I moved to a place where I knew no one. And as I said, lived in New York. So I had these longstanding friendships that I had for a really long time and people that I I felt I didn't really need to like go out and make friends because I had them, right? They were friends from college. They were friends from childhood, friends from work that just, you know, those relationships kind of naturally happen. But I never felt that I was like out there, you know, looking for friends but I always had a lot of them. And then I move and now I have nobody. And so I had to, I made it my mission of, well, I'm here and I've got to make some friends. So I will say that I did it aggressively, which I think some people feel like friendships are just supposed to naturally happen. But I knew that I didn't know anybody here. So I would go out and and talk to somebody and just say like, I would make it a point to meet somebody everywhere I went, you know, and every time I was invited somewhere, I would make it a point to whoever invited me there, I showed up and then like talk to somebody else who was there and say, Hey, like, you know, like make a connection so that we could, I could make a new friend. And so it was challenging, but very rewarding at the same time. So that's where I would say that my thought process on that had changed. And then I realized the importance of the friendships that I had for so many years, but all of a sudden weren't around me. And so you have to build these new relationships. And so Danielle is so good at this that we did an entire episode where I interviewed her about how to make friends and it's our most downloaded episode. Is that right? And Danielle and I are very different. I am a checklist kind of person, a check the box kind of person. So we have curated five tips for friendship (laughs) from that work. And I think the first one was a quote from Danielle's mom, which is, Good people know good people. That was how you started though, right? Like you scoured your current network Mm -hmm. and found one or two people that happened to be in the vicinity. Yep. And so that was a huge way that I started my network here was somebody who worked with friends of mine in New York, lived in San Francisco, and they were like, hey, you should meet Hillary. And so I did. And then kind of weaseled my way into her friend group because I, you know, didn't have anything else to do. And, you know, they were great people, but it was just, I then would say like, hey, Bobby, you want to go grab a drink without Hillary necessarily, right? And kind of started forming my own relationships with these people and made it a point. That was tip two, which was really eye-opening for me is that you could literally just say to someone, hey, I think you're cool. We should hang out. The thought had never crossed my mind that I would be that forward after meeting someone who I thought would make a good friend that I would just simply say, hey, we should be friends like I was in kindergarten. Who knew that 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 was a thing? Yeah, and it's the best compliment you could give somebody, right? To say, hey, I'd like to be your friend is a huge compliment. If somebody said that to you, wouldn't you want to hang out with them? 
And then the next one is, is when you find somebody who's cool and you do want to hang out with them is to make a specific plan. So not to just say like, hey, we should grab lunch and then let it go out into the ether, right? And then people get busy or don't follow up. Say, hey, let's go grab lunch on next Friday at one o'clock here. Like make a specific plan so that then you, it actually happens. And I think that happens all the time with even people who you're already friends with, right? Like it's very easy to say, oh, we'll get together, we'll get together, we'll get together. And then it never, all of a sudden it's, you know, months later and you haven't seen that person. So I think making specific plans to do something is important when creating those relationships. Well, and so I had an experience where a friend of mine had made a dinner reservation for six and she was just filling slots. So she had she she caught had a nice restaurant. She had a table for six and she was just filling her table. And I thought that's a really smart idea because then you have a very specific place and time. And it's not this very generic, oh yeah, someday we'll go for drinks kind of thing. So I thought that was good advice. And then tip number four is really, do you know when you're reading something or you see something and you think of a friend, just immediately text them, call them, whatever is natural for you guys. Like, don't wait. If they pop into your mind, just send it because people love that no matter how random it is. And that's a great way to maintain the friendship. You think, Mike, is that something that you do? Well, not only is it something that I do, I have since, let's say, March of 2020, I've probably presented to over 1,400 people on courageous leadership. And in every presentation, I tell people, think about two people that have come to your mind in the last three weeks. Write their name down right now. I'm going to give you a second. If you could write their name down, pause. Now, once this event is over, please reach out to them with a phone call and tell them you've been on my mind. Then I also always follow it up that if one of your friends has not come to your mind more than once in the last three weeks, track it over the next week because somebody's going to come to your mind. And I like to say, take it as a prompting. Don't take it as a happenstance, right? So could not agree with the two of you more on that. That is a wonderful, lovely. I had heard someone, and I'm going to forget the name, recommend that he says he scrolls to the bottom of his text, his list of text exchanges, and picks the very bottom ones and reaches back out via text. Right. And I I scroll back. There's some random stuff back there. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I mean, then you're... And you've got a prompt. That's right. All right, Danielle, you got to take number five because this one is, I think, the most important friendship. For sure. I think it's you have to make it a priority. Friendship needs to be a priority to you. And a lot of people will take it as, well, if it's not easy and if it's not just happening, friendships are just supposed to happen. But I think friendships are like any other relationship that you have. So relationships with your family, relationships with your partner, relationships with people at work. You work at all of those. And so you can't just expect, oh, well, we're friends and that should just be easy and should happen. So we just did an episode of our podcast with a friendship coach. And, you know, she also wrote a book and she wrote about how female friendships, like a lot of them end too early. A lot of them end because you just think, well, it's, this is hard. I'm not going to do it. But those can be some of the most rewarding relationships that you have and we just don't put enough effort on it or there's not enough importance on thought of that so you have to make it a priority and you have to work at it when people tell me 
oh my God, Danielle, you're so great at making friends and you have so many friends. And it's because I work at it. People don't just come to me and like, it all is, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Like I make an effort to see people. I make an effort to make plans. I make an effort to be there when my friends need me. So I think that's a really, really important part. So Krista, can you run through all five just one more time for our listeners? Yes. Number one is find friends through friends. Number two is if you meet someone that you want to spend time with as friends, just tell them that. Number three is be specific when you're making plans. Number four is when you think of a friend, reach out immediately. And number five is make friends a priority. Yeah, we talk so often in our conversations on our podcast that relationships were never designed to be easy. Like interacting with other people who have their own lived experiences, who have their own worldviews, who have their own perspectives, opinions, perceptions, biases. Like we're supposed to work at all of these things. Danielle, I love the fact that you mentioned that, that like it's not supposed to be easy. But friendships and relationships are worth it. And all of them that take time, anything worthy of being good takes time to get there. So I do think the point, though, that we have a lot of material out there about relationships, romantic relationships, and how to work through those challenges and professional relationships and how to work through those challenges and family relationships and how to work through those challenges, but not people or resources are talking about friendships have challenges and how do you work through those? I think that's a really important point. My point that I was going to make was just the the relationship of being growth-minded and finding friendships. Like if you realize that you, you don't know everything and there's so much more to learn, And then you meet people who are different than you. You meet people and you go into it with like a curiosity of like, I want to learn more about you and what you do and what your story is. It builds a friendship amazingly, right? Like, because you are genuinely curious about that person, but you also are opening up and learning so much more that it just brings it all together. And so if you have those thoughts, like you can use that growth mindset in your friendships. I think that it makes them much more powerful. That's wonderful. That's a nice tie back. Tie it all together with the conversation of growth mindset and friendships. So I'm going to start with you, Danielle, as we're thinking through career growth and career management and these two topics. Any parting words that you would want to leave with our audience today? I would say that they go hand in hand, right? Because if you really friendships at the end of the day is networking and networking is going to get you what you need in your career. And so I will say some of my best friends are people who I've met from work. So I think also being open to that, but there are people then who will help you in your career. So it all goes together. And I'm not a person who separates work and friendships, really. I think that they, it's a great place to find that. So it can serve you well in both your personal life and your career. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Christy, your, any parting words? No, as usual, Danielle's done a great job of tying things together and wrapping it up in a bow. So there's nothing that I would add. I have just enjoyed it and really appreciated you, Mike, and your generosity in having us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Well, and let's talk just a moment with everyone about our growth mindset (laughs) that these two podcasts brought to your experience. So if you stayed until the end of this episode, 
you get a little bonus conversation. So I'll kick it off. We had just a few technical glitches in our original interview that happened during a work week that we did this late in one evening. And the three of us came back together. We recorded this on a weekend to make sure that we provided the right quality. We worked through some challenges, some technical difficulties. And what I've learned from this, I've been podcasting now for three years. It's just, just say it and it happens all the time. Every podcaster who's listening to the end is like, oh, I deal with that all the time. But uh, would you two like to add anything else to that? Oh, how unbelievably embarrassing. So I was connected to the wrong internet in my house. I have an upstairs internet and a downstairs internet. And it was funny because we were doing this recording and both of your faces were like contorted. Every time I opened my mouth, your faces were (laughs) completely contorted. And I thought maybe I was saying something wrong. And lo and behold, Mike sends the audio afterwards and is like, yeah, this audio is not going to cut it. So very embarrassing to be a guest and have that happen, right? Because it's an honor to be invited on somebody's podcast. But Mike, you, you know, again, so gracious to let us have this second opportunity to re-record. And we can chalk this one up in the mistake column Oh, that we're going to fail forward. And I wired my computer today. So this will never happen again. So I definitely learned a lot and I'm okay publicly admitting that. So thank you for letting us make a mistake. I'm glad it was with you, someone who's so growth-minded. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and I just thought it's a good lesson for all of us to know that professionally and personally, things happen, right? So being open to things happening, when it happens, it makes it like, a, you know, oh, it's unfortunate, but we can get back together. Right. And we, I know that anyone that I invite on our podcast, they're with me really for the life of our podcast. Right. So we'll always be sharing data and connections and information back with the two of you from being a guest. So, you know, we want to put everybody in the best light and would rather call that out than not re record. And it gives us another opportunity to continue to build on our friendship. We did it better. I'm not going to lie. This was, <laughs> this was even better. Well, thank you. Thank both of you for what you do. Thank you for the opposite of Small Talk Podcast. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I loved it. And to our listeners, we look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team. 
that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.